Kia ora and welcome to episode 276 of the Stag World Podcast. This episode I'm joined by Simon and Steph from Pracmed NZ. Now this episode got me super pumped up. Um, these two are hugely passionate, absolutely wicked individuals. Make sure you go and check them out at Pracmed underscore NZ um, and also their website which is uh, pracmednz.com. Awesome, awesome stuff, awesome people. I met uh, Steph at the Seeker Show, as I talk about, with Adam Jackson. And, um, yeah, really, really cool. They are setting the market standard in first aid and pre-hospital emergency care training and products in New Zealand, including New Zealand's first Stop the Bleed program. They're based over there in Tauranga. If you're like me and you need a first aid certificate uh, to practice or, or work, uh, most job sites need first aid training. Make sure you hit up the team at Pragmed NZ. They look to offer an incredible program. If you've been watching their socials, which I'd encourage you to do, or you were following uh, Vanator Cadrona or any of the crew down there that work for Vanator, you would have seen Pragmed uh, facilitating their first aid course lately. And uh, by all accounts, Steph and Simon were hugely impressed with how that team uh, progressed over the five days um, so please go into the show notes and check out the awesome stuff that uh, Simon and Steph are producing um, and leading the way within this country when it comes to first aid and, and pre-hospital care um, they also do working at heights as well so uh, yeah if you've got other skills that need signing off Pracmed NZ might be the people that you go to um, and uh, I'd say you'd be highly impressed of course, while you're in the show notes, be sure to check out the links to the sponsors. Of course, canesdearvelvet.co.nz is where you can get 20% off by using the code STAGRAW252 at checkout. If you or your loved one have some aches and pains setting in or an injury that needs support to heal, consider topping up your body with Cane's Dear Velvet. It's packed full of amazing nutrients that the body uses in maintaining the immune system, bones, joints and circulation as well as general well-being. Find out more at www.canesdevelvet.com and that code for 20% off introductory discount is STAGRAW252. If you'd like to get your hands on some electrolytes from Drink Element, follow the link drinkelement.com slash STAGRAW. You can get your hands on a sample if you pay for the shipping. Otherwise, you can do an order from their website from that link. And as we've been saying, if you spend over $100, so if you're stocking up on electrolytes, they'll do free international shipping for you. If you're living in the States, you're much luckier. Um, check out that that link in the show notes, drinkelement.com slash stagraw. You can also get 20% off Ardipa when you order off their website. Just follow that link and use the code STAGRAW for 20% off at checkout. Right, let's get into this episode. As I said, I was super pumped. I hope you are too. Be sure to share it in your socials. Tag us, tag me. Make sure you're following them um, and leave a rating. Uh, we want to get this show up above the 50 mark there, um, slowly chipping away at it. Thank you so much. If you're new to listening to the Stag World podcast, slap the old five stars on your uh, podcast app. It'd be much appreciated. Cheers. Simon and Steve. Nice to sort of, well, I didn't even get to talk to you, Simon. You were flat out at the Seeker Show. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had um, I was I was walking around with Mr. Adam Jackson, and he said, "Oh, these guys, they'll be, they'll be what you'd want to talk to." Um, <laughs> how did how did that uh, Seeker show go for you? Because you you were something sort of out of the ordinary for the Seeker show, really. Yeah, yeah, we we were, and um, it's quite a um, you'd, you'd kind of think it wasn't out of the ordinary, um, but hey, look, here we are. Uh, I guess that's half the reason why we're on this podcast, but um. Well, we, we'll get into that. Um, the Seeker show itself, we got crushed. Um, you in know, a good way. Yeah, yeah. Good we, we, we want to say good, you know, yeah, crushed as good as you can kind of be, I guess, in a business sense. It's um, always good to have problems uh, like we had, which was essentially just keeping up with uh, flow and demand. So apologies, we didn't get to rub noses and kind of chat, but here we are virtually. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and I guess like reading through you guys, sort of how you, you started, that's probably it. Like, to you guys coming out of the military, that real understanding of trauma and, and what a real accident is and how you're going to save someone's life and, and, you know, do the best you possibly can before an ambulance or a helicopter turns up. Like, yeah, yeah. we don't tend to, to think about that as a civilised society, but when it comes on our doorstep, uh, then we kind of go, oh, shit, I wish I knew that. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was I actually wasn't military, so I'm uh, I'm like the one of two soon to be three civilians in our company yeah. uh, so i'm like the i'm like the convert um who didn't know anything about any of this stuff so i was literally just like every pretty much every other person um that that we talked to at the seeker show so uh you know all of our trainers and everyone there they're all from that veteran background um you know we've got an extensive uh talent pool of people who have got that background and then there's uh yeah there's a couple of us who who aren't and it's um, you know, I think it's it's a good balance for us because I can see it from the perspective of somebody who never knew any of this stuff. And it was literally on our first date, uh, which was hyper romantic, by the way, um, <laughs> where he threw a tourniquet at me and he's like, I'm bleeding up. What do I do? And I was just like, are you serious? Mate? <laughs> and, um, you know, like that was sort of my introduction. And it, it took me a, a while um you know, especially in the early days when, when this was sort of all in the conception phase and, and Simon was talking to me about, um, you know, some plans that he had and I was like, it's a really bizarre thing to be so passionate about. Like first aid, woohoo, super exciting. But, you know, I was obviously open ears because, um, you know, that's what you do when you're at the start of a relationship. <laughs> and um, Sucker. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the more, the more that I sort of hung around, you know, Simon and the rest of the crew and the more that we, you know, the further – the further down the rabbit hole I got, the more I understood just how much I didn't know and how how critical it is that people do know these skills. And that's, you know, that's where that's where the passion is. So, you know, yeah, I'm definitely not from the military background. I've, I'm just a converted. I'm just one of the one of the many converted <laughs> the yeah. Prakmid disciples. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the right of reply there, Simon. Uh, how often has the throw the tourniquet trick worked? Um, <laughs> yeah, so boys, uh, top tips, top tips of Uncle Si. No, it's um, first, first time a charm, eh, mate? Um, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't throw it out there. I wouldn't throw it out there for all the young players. I don't think that's how you're going to um, make wifey in most cases. But um, it is, it is what it is. It uh, obviously it's something that she remembers, hopefully in a positive manner. But um, <laughs> mate, it is, uh, it is what it is, and. I just want to go back and uh, cover it real quick as well. Um, uh, obviously, when when it comes to the pre-hospital scene and stuff like that, um, what we've what we've dealt with for a very long time is, you know, we've got people who kind of their 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 kind of uh, I guess default has been to go through and call an ambulance, uh, mm -hmm. and 
there, there are so many instances, so many instances where there is so much more that you can do and is really just the basics. Uh, and I mean, military's come a long way uh, in the year, especially since I left, you know, I left, uh, was it uh, 2013? Um, so 10 years this year, thank goodness, in some respects. <laughs> um, you know, I still took my hat to all the boys and girls in there, you know, doing their thing, absolutely charging. But um, yeah, honestly, it's uh, when, when I left, we really didn't know much about much. Uh, it wasn't until I went across the UK, I uh, got a little bit of education there, and I really started putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, and of course, then my experiences uh, generally since then. And, and there's been a lot of reflection as well, thinking about, um, you know, incidents that I've been a part of. And this includes, you know, both in military, out of military, all the rest of it. I thought, wow, you know, uh, it, was, it was actually a really tough period. I'm um, thinking, wow, you know, there was probably a lot of uh, things that I could have done if I'd known. Uh, and, and hindsight's a virtue, so it's a beautiful thing. But when you don't know, you don't know. So our mission, my mission now, uh, probably probably until they throw me in a box and a hole, <laughs> is going to be uh, it's going to be frigging just teaching as many people as I can, uh, or getting the message out there as best as I can. Uh, we just need to do so much better because yeah, Steph's right. You know, you go, oh, you got a first aid course this week, and everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> Here we go again, you know, sit there and fall asleep and eat some lollies and maybe do some compressions on a doll or whatever else. And yeah, here we go. So anyway, that's, um, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, yeah, the, the intro, the start of uh, how everything happened. And yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Steph got my fingers stained in your fake blood. And I made mention of her, as an optometrist, we've got to do um, part of our certificate as having first aid certificate. And I'd just done St. John's one and kind of, I don't know, didn't really feel like I went away from there knowing much extra. Um, yeah. and, and then then I saw some of your little dummies and, and training modules there and, and Steph gave me a pamphlet and I was like, oh, I know where I'll go for my next first aid certificate. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's a super common thing we hear, you know, like I, I'm sort of the one who handles the vast majority of the inquiries and calls and it is, you know, it is every single call that comes through people who are just really disengaged with what's out there, which is crazy because these are life-saving skills. They, you know, it's not just, it's it's viewed as something that people have to do. And it's outrageous because people don't want to do something that could literally alter the course of somebody's, you know, the life, whether they're there or not. It is such a vital skill. But unfortunately, the way it's been done, you know, here, and I mean, I'm from Australia and it's it's exactly the same over there. Um, just with a lot more snake bites and stuff. <laughs> um, we, you know, it's it's not it's it's almost been made to be a bit inaccessible in the way that they've that there's been delivery and and you know the projection of stuff to basically say oh no 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 you actually can't do anything you need to call an ambulance. Mm. Whereas our goal is to empower people with the skills to say okay cool you're not you're not a you're not going to be a paramedic when you do a one day course but there's a whole lot more you can do and mm. we just don't want people to end up feeling like Simon just said, you know, I wish I could have done more. I should have known, you know, did I do enough? And all those questions that come through and affect, you know, both the person who is responding and also their immediate family, you know, that that mental health ripple effect of of dealing with critical situations. Um, if we can empower people with the, the, the confidence and knowledge that they've actually done everything they can do, whether the outcome was good or bad, you know, we can't save everyone, unfortunately, but that empowerment is going to have that ripple effect. And the way, unfortunately, a lot of the um, the training is out there at the moment, it, it, it's not that. It's it's literally like Simon said, people go in with an mm -hmm. eye roll. They go in expecting to have a, a boring day, not learn anything, and basically just keep doing what they're doing, get their certificate at the end that they can wave around and say, cool, I'm a first aider. But there's no actual practical or pragmatism. There's no, there's no skills. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we focus a lot on some of the things that are probably not that 
not that important in the real, you know, the grand scheme. Yeah, I think, and I think what it comes down to, a real easy way to put it, is basically we focus too much on compliance and not enough on uh, actual confidence and competence. You know, um, this whole qualifications uh, kind of, you know, uh, side of the house, which is out there, it's all it's all good and well. But when you have people who don't actually understand how to go through and, you know, go through and friggin', you know, basically evaluate the standard, if you don't know what the standard is, then how can you actually make it? So we've kind of entered the game in a really uh, interesting kind of place uh, where we can go through uh, and basically set the market standard. Uh, and that is one of our values. We are a values-based company. Uh, we drive very hard with that. Uh, every single day before I start a course, I write my values into the uh, into the into into my diary. Uh, I look at that, I reflect on that, and I say, this is what I'm going to do, even if I'm, I'm having a shitter of a morning or uh, whatever yeah. else. You know, uh, you know some, some mornings you just don't have a good morning, you know. Uh, it is what it is. Or, you know, just wake up on the wrong side of bed. And that drives me to make sure that every single course that we do uh, is as consistent as last. Uh, and that's that's something which is very different about us, you know, um, the consistency that you get. Other companies, yeah, sure, they've got passionate trainers, and I do say that, you know, um, with all due respect, there's some people out there who might know their stuff, but the reality is that there's well, the re the, there's a reason why we exist, uh, mm. and that's standing out there is absolutely abysmal. Uh, and too many Kiwis, far too many Kiwis are dying, including hunters uh, who are out there. You know, um, people who are um, you know pursuing outdoor activities and stuff like that. We look at the Mountain Safety uh, Council statistics and so on, and, and it's very clear that um, you know some of these things there's, there's potentially work which could have been done. Um, and I'm not saying that we're going to save everybody. You know, if somebody's sitting there and they're falling from 15 metres and the head's hanging out of their head, you know, that's a um, that's T4, boys. You know, it's now an admin task. As one of our trainers puts it, and he's absolutely correct. You know, uh, it's it's now a process of getting the body back through. But there's so much stuff that you can do. Um, and it's really, it truly is really basic. And in, in my opinion, a lot of the wars are won within the first 5, five 10, 15 minutes or less. Mm. Um, a lot you can do. A lot you can do. Steve, I think you said a very good word there, empowerment. Um, that's kind of what I, I felt at the first aid course. Like, even we were sort of having a discussion about anaphylaxis, and I brought up the topic that I'd read somewhere, and I went and checked on the internet and saw it again that, like, someone's having anaphylaxis there in front of you, and an ambulance is in a half an hour, an hour away. I was like, could you stuff coffee down their throat? Like, like do something. Like, have you had anything like that, Simon? Is that is that really practical or not at all? Um, so for so for anaphylaxis, um, you're not going to get away with going through uh, and using uh, coffee or caffeine. Um, that can be used for other things. Uh, asthma, um, really, really high dose caffeine can be helpful in that sense. But for anaphylaxis, what's going to get you across the line is adrenaline. Uh, and if you don't have that, then stand by to do some CPR. Right. Uh, we had a client who's um, uh, had a family member uh, who succumbed to uh, anaphylactic shock um and required cprs not not far from where we are at the moment obviously in tauranga here um just at a bar and um, went down and they required uh, just under 15 minutes with the cpr to be performed on them because you know didn't have uh, didn't have adrenaline accessible so look there there is some merit with that kind of stuff don't get me wrong um but i think what you've got to look at is it gets broken down into two very simple things one, you need to keep blood moving around and around and around the body. Uh, it's very, very simple. Um, whether that means closing off a pipe which has been broken uh, to make sure that the tank gets full, uh, whether that is that we need to make sure that we, you know, go through, uh, start supporting somebody with regards to 
cardiopulmonary resuscitation, uh, whether that means, you know, what, whatever it may mean, but we need to keep blood inside the in, inside of circulation. And the other half of it is keep air going in and out. You know, if someone's choking or somebody is no longer breathing, which means that they're no longer going to have a um, uh, normal cardiac rhythm, then we need to go through and we need to obviously start that CPR or clear that airway. Uh, because that person is going to be dead pretty soon if they're not. You know, you lose too much fluid, there's no coming back from that. If you don't have air and you don't have oxygen getting through the brain, then it's you. And it really, everything when you look at it from a first aid perspective boils back down to that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, there, there is a few little tricks and tips here, but um, ultimately what it comes down to is understanding meds if you are on meds. And, yeah. I think one of the things, um, you know, Seeker Show, we actually did a wee little podcast after the Seeker Show about the things we heard at Seeker Show. Mm. Um, because, you know, anytime we do an expo or, you know, we, we try to get around and meet a lot of different people in different environments and you always come up, people always come up to us with these, these things. And look, you know, one case out of God knows how many, these sorts of things may work. And that's probably where a lot of these myths and rumours come from. Um, but the reality is, and something we're really big on, is why push for improvisation when there are products out there that are there to do a job? Like, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't just go start shoving some random liquid in your car and be like, hey, sweet, let's hope this works. It might work for one model, one year of, you know, like something. But let's not improvise let's actually be prepared and let's stop let's stop accepting that sort of mediocrity of let's hope somebody else has got first aid kits and let's hope somebody else is prepared because the reality is it's a personal responsibility and anaphylaxis epipens you know those are those are life-saving pieces of equipment um that if you have got anaphylaxis you should never be without that there's no there's no excuses to be without those sorts of things and same for us you know we talk about tourniquets and like i said i mean seeker show we had god knows how many amazing uh you know amazing super crazy stories come through about you know but this worked and this didn't and it's like but was it really actually what was going on? Is that so? If, if you're saying that, I mean, we saw one in the news the other day. Um, Shoe, sure. Oh, shoelaces for yeah. tourniquets. So, so, so it was in is in one of the media the other day. There was an accident and somebody used yeah shoelaces. They ripped their shoelaces off and and created a tourniquet with it. And um, funnily enough, you know, we always talk about improvisation in tourniquets is not. If you're absolutely without anything, sure, you're going to try something. But the reality is, by the time you find something, can you maverick? maverick it up that person's probably if, if they truly needed a, t a tq they're probably dead um and so like in this instance it's pumped through the media and all these people now think they don't need to invest in life-saving equipment the reality is we know one of the first responders who was on the scene that person had a tourniquet on um but they also had a shoelace on and the media picked up the shoelace and said that that was what saved this person's life instead of the actual life-saving piece of equipment which was the tourniquet so um you know I guess for me, for me, the message is always why improvise? Why try and why try and make something when there's actual products that have been scientifically proven and tested? And you know, I, I, it's, it's simple. Understand the why of what you're trying to achieve yeah. um, to achieve limitless pressure or LOP. Um, we know that we can't do that with a belt, or we can't do that with uh, you know something as thin as a shoelace is going to be literally just destroying the tissue underneath because of the amount of pressure that it's achieving or well, going through and, and creating rather. You know, um, when it comes to, you know, areas where you can't use a tourniquet, well, we can't just put a T-shirt or a towel over the top. You know, you've got to go through and hunt the source of bleeding, you know, um, if, it, if it's a small penetrating trauma wound, you know, stab wound, you know, maybe a gunshot wound, um, stuff like that. We can't just go through and put tampons into especially seen to fire rifle cartridge around, uh, you know, wound profiles, because there's, there's multiple different sources of, um, of of potential for blood loss to occur. So, yeah, it's, it's understanding the why and stuff's right. You know, we've had 20 years of global war on terror uh, where, you know, you've had 
over 20 years now, you know, where you've got people who, you know, have, have been on the front lines and gathering and researching and, you know, way bigger brains than what I am, going through and compiling data of what actually works in that first few minutes, mm. you know, um, because there is nothing more, uh, how would I put it, nothing more, I wouldn't say empowering, but nothing more kind of um, reassuring than knowing that you've got a good medic behind you once you head through the wire. Because on the other side, there is no respawn. And there are people, you know, potentially who are actively, well, absolutely actively looking at trying to kill you, you know, in and, and some of the most horrific manners, you know, and, you know, IEDs, gunshot wounds, you know, a combination of all three or all two, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's absolute chaos out there. So why, why ignore that? Why ignore that? And why not take the little pieces out of what we call evidence-based medicine and introduce them to civilian life where relevant? Well, that's what we're doing. Because mm -hmm. why, why is it only good for military police or you know special operations or whoever else? It doesn't really matter, you know. But we've got to we've got to do better than this, you know. As simple as that. Yeah. Well, what comes to mind is I interviewed a, a guy sniper five times went to went to Afghanistan and Iraq, and um, Brady Tatonka. He had a good comprehensive medic kit in the back of his truck, and mm -hmm. he was first on scene for a well, no, he was probably third or fourth on scene for a crash on the motorway and. Of course, there was the usual situation of people standing around, people in shock, and he just, you know, <laughs> went, went to the back of his car, took it out, and knew what to do, and Sorry. sort of, you know, um, sort of evangelizing, having this, and then you kind of look at what he's got there, you go, fuck, I wouldn't know what to do with any of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's sort of the, the, like you were saying, Steph, that chicken and the egg, like there are tools out there to have in a first aid kit, but then many people feel disempowered because they go, What's the point of me having a kid and I don't know what to do with it? And I've like scrolled through your guys' website and all the sort of weird and wonderful things that you have on there. And it's like, oh, yeah, recognize that bandage. Oh, what does that thing do? And, you know, back to you, Simon, throwing a, throwing a tourniquet at somebody who's like, oh, yeah, do you just put up? <laughs> Bro, just destroying it. You're not my type, man. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I, I, look, I completely get that, and, and and that's part of why we do what we do. Um, you know, with regards to the products and stuff, um, you know, we haven't significantly raised the prices because of COVID, even though the prices have been raised for us. Um, we make minimal margins on virtually everything that we do import uh, and or distribute, and the reason for that is very simple. You know, um, we believe in supplying people with original uh, equipment manufactured products. You know, you look on Trade Me or you look around the place, there's a number of different, uh, you know, resellers and a lot of different kind of shops, including, unfortunately, uh, gun stores in New Zealand who are going through and selling these uh, kind of uh, fraudulent products, which simply won't do what they say. So, you know, um, it's it's very simple. Empowerment through training and then knowledge via that gives you the basis to go through and figure out what you need, you know. And I get asked a lot before people train with us, oh, what, should we, what should we get? What do we need? You know, it's like, bro. If you have to ask that question, you know, you need to come and train. Uh, it's simple as that because, well, if you can't make a decision like that in terms of what you should be carrying, then, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's probably not a good place to be. You probably don't have the education to use half the shit anyway. So Yeah, I mean, and that, that's the whole mission for us, you know. It's, it's that full 360 degree because there's no point having kit with no training. There's no point having training with no kit. Um, and, you know, that that's the whole driving mission for us. I mean, Simon initially started this company with a, a kit that he'd designed for hunters. And it was, a, again, you know, military inspired, had a lot of the stuff in it. Mm. And we found really early on that, you know, we had a, a stalwart group who came and bought a whole bunch of the Gen 1 ones. And we had the original, I think it was the, the SHOT Show or whatever. Our, uh, shot Expo. Shot Expo, yeah. whatever our equivalent is uh, was. 
and um, all these people were buying all this kit. And then when we were trying to do demonstrations, we we're like, well, no one knows how to do these things. And it, it's not rocket science. None of it is mm. rocket science, right? It's all sp stuff that you're supposed to be able to use in a really hectic situation. So they haven't made them complicated, but you do still need to know the when and the why and the mm. how. And, you know, and most, yeah, mostly it's just the when, like when, when, when to and when not to. Um, and that's that's why we developed the training. And then once we started doing our Stop the Bleed training, which was our first first launch and first course, then it was, okay, cool, well, that's different. What else do you guys do? And then that's when we started building into sort of the more workplace courses and the remote courses. And now we've got our pre-hospital emergency care course, which is the sort of the next level up between like everyday Joe and and paramedicine it sort of bridges that gap so you know we've been developing more and more as as demand is as needed um but it, it all started just by saying okay well there's no point selling kit if you don't have the knowledge um and that's yeah i mean our four and a half hour stop the bleed covers everything that you need for for um especially a, for a, lot, of, lot, of, yeah, a lot, lot of traumatic injury and yeah. yes that's right that's where it did start it started with me being overseas still um whereas working at the time and going through and reading a um article in a newspaper uh, on the stuff.co.nz or whatever it was, you know, Herald maybe. Um, I can't remember. But either way, it was about a guy who, you know, uh, applied tourniquet to his leg and released it every seven minutes um, because that's, I mean, a myth which goes around, you know, nonstop. So, yeah, it's um, it's all it's all just a big part of it. But, you know, we've got a long, long way to do We've got a long way to go, you know, only 5% of New Zealand's population trained in first aid. And uh, that's pretty scary when you think about the majority of people within that 5%, how their standard actually is. Who's running up on you? You know, when you got T-boned in your car with your family or whatever else, you know, and that was uh, something which, uh, again, just hit at home uh, just under two years ago. That's exactly what I ran up on uh, seven minutes from home after finishing up a uh, first day course. And, um, you know, it was just very interesting observing what was happening uh, after, you know, obviously making sure that nobody was dying in the first few minutes, which was uh, managed pretty quickly and easily. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was pretty chaotic. And it, there was a whole bunch of stuff happening and there wasn't much being done. Uh, with regards to actually uh, saving uh, two of the people who were pretty pretty bad uh, and trapped inside a vehicle and, you know, uh, others who were kind of walking around kind of aimlessly as well. So, yeah, just reinforced it uh, essentially. But, yeah, just got to do better. Simple as that. It's interesting you talk about, like, having the kid and knowing what's in it. And if you're asking what's in it, then you don't know what you're doing type thing. You know, people get – that's analogous with anybody. Like, in my job – if I want to do eyelid treatments, I know I need this tool, this tool, and this tool. Mm. You know, a builder, if they want to build a house, you know, they have this tool, this tool, and this tool. I mean, that's like analogous to so much stuff. Mm, exactly. So you do the training, you get the understanding, you know the kit, you know, mm. or you see the kit, you know what to do with it type thing. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm absolutely not discounting any other profession out there, um, but this is one that, you know, again, it applies to every single walk of life. You know, it's, it's not just about workplace. It's not just about hunting around like that um first aid is something that you don't get to pick and choose man chooses you you know um how do you get to work you know people think that it doesn't affect you when you're in a in a, in a working environment where yeah that's all good and fine um but you know what what about going through and, and you know coming across those car crashes what about you know mum comes running in the supermarket or into you know service station holding a blue baby or whatever else you know um you know you, you spend enough time in the game or you know work hospital or ambulance or you know, uh, any kind of emergency services, really. Uh, and you you will be exposed to this stuff very, very, very quickly. Uh, and, you know, must be a really, really tough place to be. I mean, I've, I haven't worked emergency services here in New Zealand, but it's a real hard place to be, uh, seeing, you know, what could be done, you know, what could be done. You know, this, this could have been a way better, you know, outcome if people just kind of acted a little bit quicker or whatever else. And, again, you're not going to save them all. That's just not the way it works. Uh, I say this, you know, every 
probably every single course I run, you know, if it was the case, there'd be, you know, some absolute legends and some beasts walking the earth still, but uh, yeah, it just isn't, isn't the way, you know? So yeah, it, it, but we're, we're, we're making a dent in things, you know, we're, we're doing our thing, punching well above our weight and, you know, getting, getting some uh, really good reach out there as well. So yeah, we won't stop. <laughs> we won't stop. Nice. Um, as much as you can say, what was both of your backgrounds? <clears throat> oh, mine's, mine's super exciting yeah, so yeah no, but, <laughs> no i've just always been in uh like admin finance sort of you know site sort of management and stuff like that so nothing to do with first aid um i actually had a i was actually studying um, like nutrition and natural health before i moved over here uh, to nz and um I, I was a full-time athlete as well. So my sort of, my whole space was around maximizing performance and um, nothing at all to do with first aid. First well, aid. What were you competing in? Uh, I was a weightlifter. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. Don't get smarter in here, bro. Of, of, of which form? Ah, <laughs> uh, so Olympic weightlifting. So, Olympic weightlifting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like snatch cleaner jerks. So, um, yeah. So that was my buzz before I moved over here and, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, in the, in the wellness space, basically, just maximizing, yeah, maximizing potential and, and um, you know, trying to get the absolute most you can out of your body. And so I had, you know, I did have obviously some background in the whole anatomy and, and how it all interplays and works. But my my own personal experiences with first aid have been, have been thankfully, and I hope they always stay this way, have been really, really, like, from from listening to other people's experiences you know i had to deal with some stuff when i was a teenager but it was pretty mild a couple of you know really minor like rugby injuries and stuff like that and yeah but i mean thankfully i've never had to call on any of the skills that i never had because <laughs> i certainly didn't have them um and yeah touch wood i i hope i never have to use any of the skills that we we talk about and we teach and, and stuff like that so that's why it's a really interesting position for me in the business to um to see this impact because I honestly, I just, I just thought we were all indestructible and bad things happen to bad people. And, you know, like it just, I was so ignorant to where reality is. Um, you know, I had very few, even instances of friends and family needing first aid. I've just been very sheltered and very, very lucky. And, um, yeah, so that was pretty much my background is, is sports injuries mainly <laughs> and, um, and all that sort of thing. How do you feel now in terms of that difference of preparedness? Oh, it was, it's terrifying where I was, you know, <laughs> especially, especially, you know, if, if Simon and I, our paths hadn't crossed and, you know, we've got a, a wee boy and um, if I had honestly, I mean, I wouldn't have known, I would have probably lived in, in my ignorant la-la land, right? And I wouldn't have known anything and, and then probably one day I would have come across something nasty and would have just absolutely chat the bed and not known what to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly logical. I probably would have figured some stuff out, but God, it's terrifying to think that what I thought was ready and prepared was is where it is and it's only again you know the first year or so that we spent building all the courses I was I was attending most of them in the back doing all the quality assurance stuff and the stories that we hear from our students it really opened my eyes to how friggin lucky I am and how lucky I have been to have dodged this bullet <laughs> this whole way through my life you know 30 something years old and have dodged when you have other people who've had multiple, like Simon, you know, take all his military experiences out. He is a shit magnet. He has seen more stuff in his civilian life than I have seen in my whole entire existence. So, you know, yeah, it's terrifying to think that I thought I was good to go because I had a piece of paper that said I could. So, yeah. 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 All right, Simon, as much as you can tell us, what's your, it's your no, turn? No, there's nothing, nothing <laughs> too much cloak and dagger about it man but it's um obviously specifics um just a little bit mindful of that uh but yeah anyway 
The um, yeah, background. Uh, so I was a bit of a troubled youth. Uh, kind of made the decision to join the military years before when I was very young, actually. But um, joined up um, pretty much right after my seventeenth birthday. Um, What's with you guys? Every single one of you guys that's come on here is troubled youth. Joined when they're seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's it's a really really good. I personally think it's a really good pathway. Um, you know, uh, if you look at what is out there, you know, people that used to be interacting with. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you just look at and you go, holy shit, man, you know, like even, even if everything turned to or if I died tomorrow, I'd be like, man, still did a pretty good job, you know, given, given you know, the, the situation that you're kind of uh, confronted with and the options that you had. So, yeah, um, basically, yeah, got, uh, got into the army. Um, I was, uh, went through into just under 11 years there, lucky enough to get away with four deployments. Um, one to a disaster relief, which is maybe where the passion for med kind of started a little bit, um, maybe subconsciously, consciously, I don't know. But either way, uh, went across, did uh, did that in Indonesia, then uh, peacekeeping in uh, the Solomons in 2006, and then uh, a couple of deployments to Afghanistan as well, uh, uh, which was uh, quite eye-opening, especially, uh, I guess, the second one, you know. But by that stage, you know, I'd been in a number of years and kind of had a pretty gently, gently, softly, softly uh, kind of entrance into things. Um, decided to finish up with Army um, after uh, we stopped going overseas. It's kind of like one of these things that, well, build a house, or sorry, get your, get your ticket in carpentry or whatever, and you're never going to build a house. It's kind of worthless. So decided to do that, uh, went contracting, um, uh, spent just under five years uh, pretty much continuously deployed contracting. Uh, and Yeah, had some very, very interesting experiences on the way. Uh, met some pretty cool people, um, and yeah, had some really shitty experiences as well. Uh, but, you know, it's one of these things that, uh, especially with the, I guess, the, the, the Army background and experiences I had there, and I, I wouldn't say exact exact maturity or anything like that, you know, that's something I'm still working on. But, you know, uh, you know, it's it's one of these things that, um, you know, it, it did kind of help me through that period. So that's actually where me and Steph met as well. Uh, everything was strictly friends only. Um, that was just my, my rule overseas anyway. I watched it just destroy contracts literally actually into contract so yeah it was one of those things i just stayed well away from uh and yeah um yeah all sorts of crazy things happened there just kind of memory starts going off but yeah it was uh it was it was where we initially met and you know we had a couple of experiences which you know i guess you know i call fairly low profile or low key um but obviously, you know, Steph coming from the background that she was in, um, kind of hadn't been exposed to much of this stuff. So for her, it was probably a little bit more significant. So we stayed in touch, and I do that with a number of uh, my clients, you know, uh, or former clients now. But, yeah, we stayed in touch, and then the stars aligned, and, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we've got a kid now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have worked out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's, that's a bit about me, I guess, you know, yeah. As a contractor, were you your own business, or were you were your sort of un, fall under somebody the what sorry was, was you, you were working for a company yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah I, was, I was working externally so actually my, my plan once i finished with contracting was go and join the police you know uh, stay within the kind of government world and you know make a big difference and run around you know catching criminals or do whatever you do in the police but um you know it, it wasn't to be uh being being you know uh there's no other way to put it a little shithead when i was a bit younger um meant that you know i didn't have that option um you know for for infringements and um various other silly things that you do when you're young um and basically I turned around and said no nah, we don't want you so 
had to come up with plan B. So um, started working as a uh, trainer for another company and wasn't very happy with it. Uh, to be fair, there was a lot of issues. Uh, there was some very, very good people working within the company. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to mention who it is. Um, those people who know, they know, they know who they are, um, especially the ones who are full of shit. But anyway, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I'll say it to their face as well, I've got no problems with that. But um, anyway, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the company wasn't working out for me. So I left. Um, I've always been a big believer if you're not happy with something, um, you know, either, you know, well, shut up or get on with the job and, you know, set standards yourself. So I left and, um, you know, it was kind of a decision which was uh, made both with me and, kind of Steph, I guess. Um, she had a big role to play in that. You know, I'd, I'd never really run a business before. I didn't really know yeah. what it was up to. You know, I mean, that was pretty evident when she kind of looked over the books, I guess. So, <laughs> 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 so um, yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, moved out of there and, and got on with business. Uh, and it's 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 been uh, it's been incredibly challenging. Uh, and still is. It's so, so, so tough, you know, especially the perceptions that people have of, you know, oh yeah, business, you know, it must you must be fucking loaded and everything else like that. Well, I'm not gonna put the fact that I had seven dollars or negative thirty dollars in my freaking check account last week onto social media, am I? <laughs> you know, the social media is the is the front of house that everybody wants to see, you know, uh it is what it is. So yeah, it's been super tough, but um uh, I love it. Eh? It's so good. Uh you get to kind of run your own show and we have a lot of input from our other people involved as well. Um, you know, which is great because, you know, I don't know everything. You know, I'm, a, I'm just an idiot. You know, I'm just a knuckle dragger, really. You know, it is what it is. So, you know, we've got to rely on those other people as well. You know, you know, the input is, is super valued. So, yeah. Did, did you say you guys looked over a business or together creating no. the business? Yeah. So, so Simon had been already building um, his little IFASs, um with, with Sabre Tactical um, and had started, yeah, started building all this stuff. And, and like I said, I was, I was a full-time athlete. I didn't have time for a real job. I certainly, especially when I moved to New Zealand, I it's really hard to try and be like, hey, guys, I, I can come and work for you, but I need to work, I need to train twice a day for three hours a day and I'm going to travel a lot. And, you know, like it doesn't, you can't really get a real job. Um, yeah, I've, I've just had this discussion today with the rugby player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not, it's not it's a real thing. And, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, rugby, there's still some cash in that job. But if, if you're in like a fringe sport, even though it's an Olympic sport, if you're in a fringe sport, um, it doesn't matter what level you are, there's no money. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of this, this weird catch-22. Um, but anyway, so I... Um, were were yeah. you an athlete under AIS or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in yeah, so I was in the Aussie squad um when I moved over and um yeah, so did that for a couple of years, which was amazing fun. So um, So did they just give you a retainer or something like that or oh, no. No, 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 no. There's Nothing no even that. No, <laughs> golly so, gosh. So I went to the, uh, and it also depends on, and you know, where you're ranked and, and everything like that, where you live. So I, um, I went to the the 2018 Commonwealth Games and um, I got a super whopping uh, $50 check from my local council, which I was like, I had to literally go and drive to the council to pick up the check and drive to the bank. So it probably was worth about like $25 by the time I got there. Um, you know, other other states, other, other athletes, they get a lot more money and, and you know, it's a whole thing. So they are definitely doing a better job of that since I've left, which is good for hmm. those guys. <laughs> but um, well, well, before you kind of just tangent you there, what was it like training with Claire? Uh, sorry, Tia Claire Toomey. <laughs> yeah, she's an absolute freak. Um, <laughs> we we all bunked. Um, we all bunked for the Com Games, and um, yeah, she is she's on another level. Um, yeah, outrageous. Yeah, very, 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 very talented athlete. That one. Um, yeah. 
Sorry Absolutely. to change it nearly. I just had to No, no, no. <laughs> you, you and everyone else at the Com Games, I tell you what, I don't think there was anyone more popular than her in the village. It was like literally every lunch and dinner would be 10 people coming to get autographs from her and stuff. She's and she, I mean, she had some pretty hectic personal tragedies go down that at that comp that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. Like I'm talking big personal tragedies. And she went out and fucking won gold. Yeah. Um, you know, like to have the, the headspace and the mindset to be able to just go and crush it even after what she was doing. Like she left straight after the event. Like we didn't see her for the rest of the, the game. She was, yeah, it was fucking, excuse me, uh, it was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, she's incredible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I was doing and Simon was building his kits and I had no intention of joining this parade because I'm, I just wanted him to have his thing and I'd support him and, you know, I'd just be the supportive girlfriend. And, and, and I just sort of slowly started changing some Facebook posts and then I had some time to burn and I was like, Hey, do you reckon I could just redo your website? And, and then, you know, like you said, I looked over the books and I was like, okay, I'm probably going to have to come and step in here a little bit. And, Finance heck goes on. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was, it was pretty wild. Eh? Like, I mean, it, I mean, again, you know, just because you can write a Facebook post here and there or, you know, do this and that, I don't know. You know, when, when it comes to building a website, and that's literally what Steph has had to do, um, you know, I, I, I actually panicked. Um, one <laughs> night. No, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, and it's pretty, pretty seldom I do this stuff. Like, I literally panicked. Um, published a Facebook page, Prakmed Facebook page. I was like, oh, my God, you know, I can't. I, at that stage, Facebook, you know, it changes all the time. But, you know, uh, I couldn't unpublish it for some reason. I was like, shit, okay, I'm going to have to make a website now. So, like, overnight, I'm not even joking, I was like, all right, I kind of came to terms of things, and I was like, all right, I'm going to build this website, drove down the road, bought about six Red Bulls or whatever it was, um, turned around, went home, just started sleeping, made this thing, published it in a little group that I'm in um, with a bunch of the boys, and I was just like, can you guys go through and have a look at this thing just to make sure I didn't mess it up? Man, I just got, fuck, I got slayed. <laughs> I got absolutely slayed. <laughs> They're like, bro, there's still the original like template page. There's some chick with a cookbook on it or something. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and there I am trying to, you know, be the man basically, you know, and, and freaking, you know, change, change the world and, you know, set the market stand and all this other stuff. But I mean, that was as good as I could do at that point. And this is, this is one of the biggest and one of the best business lessons I've ever been taught by a really good personal friend of mine and another uh, Kiwi entrepreneur as well uh, by the name Dan Hardy. Um, you probably know him through Hardy Rifle. Ruffles, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's good to go. And he, he turned around one of the most impactful things that that dude's ever said to me. I've known him since 2006. Uh, and he just turned around and he just goes, bro, if you suck at something, pay somebody else to do it. And I was like, shit, okay, there it is. But Steph didn't really get paid for a bit. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I was going to say, wait, that was the pay, Steph. Yeah. I just got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Cracked it. But, um, yeah, but, uh, nothing like a bit of West Island slave labor. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's, 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 that's where we're at at the moment. But um, now it's, it's a heaving beast. I mean, we've got about 19, 19-odd people just loitering in the background. Uh, we've got, you know, numerous people who are on semi- consistent or you know we've got a, quite a bit of work coming their way we've um had to bring on new admin staff um we've got a full-timer starting uh less than two weeks now uh you know another guy who's just going to bring things to the new zealand pre-hospital scene that there is literally nobody in this country who could possibly do um which is just incredible uh even stateside where he's where he's from um he's bringing things in that you know even if a company in the states got their fingers or got their hands on this dude they'd be stoked 
um, he's a true diamond in the dirt. So um, very, very good for New Zealand um, and uh, obviously absolutely good for Pracmed. But yeah, we're, we've, we've grown remarkably. Um, and that's not just my opinion, but the accountants as well, they're looking <laughs> at it going, holy shit, yeah. and are just freaking out. So, yeah, so it's basically good. just the, the snowball of word of mouth and, and people basically saying, holy shit, you actually there's actually better things out there because like we said at the start it's been the same for so long you could change provider and it doesn't matter what you're getting is literally the same cookie cutter doesn't matter if you're a hunter doesn't matter if you're a carpenter doesn't matter if you work on an offshore oil rig you get the same training as an accountant who gets the same training as a police officer who gets the same training which is you know terrifying when you go down this route of of the people who are supposed to be looking after us who are trained equally as well as if not worse than um you know you who they're supposed to be helping um you know it's it's um it's pretty crazy so for us i mean yeah like like simon said it's been crazy amounts of growth and crazy amounts of lessons and um you know we've we've yeah we've learned some things the hard way and it's been a i mean you don't you don't go and start a company and then have covid hit and twice and then have a baby in between and, and expect a smooth ride so um, but it's been bloody awesome and uh, where it's going is so exciting. It's just the impact that we know that we're going to be able to have is, is, is you know, we know we're going to, we've already had, what, 72? 73. 73 people yeah. come back and have that's, they've either saved a life or had a significant impact in somebody's, um, mm. you know, somebody's um, emergency. And it's, it's, it's honestly. There's the, there's, the, there's the currency, man. That's yeah. what's up, you know. Um, that's, that's what we focus on is our people. Line never goes dead for them. Um, you know, yeah. we encourage people to get back in touch with us. Uh, we have an anonymous feedback survey. Um, you know, we, we go through and make sure that we stay on top, top of these things yeah. because what we, what we want to know, like, I'm, I'm not really the end user. You know, uh, it's people like you out there, Ryan, who are the end user. You know, um, people who haven't lived and breathed this shit for, you know, almost, you know, decade and a half, whatever you want to call it. You know, this is for people who, you know, do a course once every two years. You know, how do we make the experience better? How do we make it more memorable? How do we make it more impactful? And how do we make people retain the information even more? Um, so that if it's me, you know, pissing out, you know, all over the ground again, you know, um, or if it's my child sitting there, you know, not in a good way, or if it's Steph, you know, a car crash or whatever else, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, and that, that may seem a little bit kind of self-centric and selfish in a way, but I mean, that's the reality. Everybody everybody cares about their own first. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's what it is. So, you know, um, we, we've just got to raise that bar. We've just got to raise that bar. You know, for us, I mean, we had our last one who, who had saved a life come through, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and mm. we're both punching over 100 hour weeks, you know, pretty much since Christmas. Um, mm. We've just been, we've been so flat out with the launch of our new, new product. And, um, yeah, we're both sitting there hanging by a thread, just, you know, just getting everything that we need to done. And then you get a message like that and suddenly you're just reinvigorated and, you know, you can find even more hours in the day that don't exist and mm. just keep punching, you know. And, and that is, like Simon said, that's our currency. It's, you know, yes, it's a business and, you know, we want to we want to make this, you know, something that's going to be there, be around for our children and our children's children. But at the end of the day, we want people to be around for our children and our children's children mm. as well, you know, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say there about children. Uh, I had my daughter come to me at three a.m. on on Saturday morning with a blood nose, and I was doing okay for a minute. But I think the three a.m. standing with my arm up in the air caused me to get a little bit lightheaded. <laughs> so I needed to take a breather. Thankfully, I had uh, my partner Nicole there to uh, stem the flow for a while. But oh, how how do you sort of deal? Is it is it just introduction to more blood, and that's why what you guys are doing is so good? <laughs> um, I, I think it's the reason why. Um. You know, I think I think that's the big thing. Uh, you, you're capable of pushing through just about anything. And don't get me wrong, there's there's people out there who you know are gonna 
you know, suffer fainting episodes, you know, syncope, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, friggin' no matter what, you know, you could go through and try and desensitise them to the max. It's the same thing with the military. You, you can go through and make training as realistic as possible. You can put th people through the most hardest times possible. But when the shit really hits the fan and it's time to actually smoke dudes, uh, that's when you find out who's good to go and who's not. And 100% situations and there's 100% people who you think are going to be good to go who are full of shit. You know, and, and there's, there's no shame in that. You know, I shouldn't use that word actually. Full of shit's probably actually the really wrong one to use. But it's, it's literally how it is. Like everybody thinks they're good to go. And then when you're confronted with it, it's just impossible. So there's some there's some people who know level of training is going to assist with that. But in my experience uh, and through proven methods as well, uh, again, looking back at evidence-based models uh, for everything that we try and do, when, when we look at it, desensitization and finding a reason why uh, to do something is so, so important. If, if I'm just like, hey, you know, Brian, stand up and do, you know, a thousand burpees for you right now. You know, and you start doing that. Hey, you might like burpees, okay? <laughs> I don't know, you fit dude or whatever. You know, might might enjoy doing that, but a thousand's a big number, man. You know, come on, dude. Um, you know, but if I say, hey, Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a million bucks if you can do a thousand burpees in the next three hours. You know, I'm going to give you a million bucks, and you know, you're just going to fucking send it. You mm -hmm. know, it's about understanding that why. You know, we need to go through and we need to create a little bit of pain in this person. You know, the tourniquet is going to suck. It's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, or you, you need to stick your fingers inside of this wound to feel for a pulse. You know, you need to find that and identify that because if you don't do that, this person's maybe got another 90 seconds to two minutes to live before they're going to exanguate, bleed to death and die. So it's it's understanding why. Because if you just say stick your fingers in the damn hole, nobody's going to want to do that. Cause for most people, ordinarily, that's fucking disgusting. You know, um, and I understand that completely. You know, I get that. So, yeah, there, there's a little bit of desensitization there, but it's understanding why. I mean, most people are fairly altruistic to some degree. You know, you want to help your daughter, mm. you know, you help your wife, you want to help your freaking nana or the neighbor across the fence, whatever else, you know, or your everyday person. There's no better feeling, man, you know, when you're actually helping somebody out, especially if it's a, if it's a, if it's a really, you know, bad thing, which is going down range on. I think as well, it's also coming back to, knowing the difference between something that's life-threatening and not, you know, like a bleed, you know, nosebleeds, they look bloody hectic. It's your three-year-old and you don't want to see them in, in pain or anything like that. But when you do understand that that's not life-threatening, they're not going to die, you know, you you know, you can take that time because you're, you actually have that, again, it's that empowerment of knowledge. It's knowledge is power. And the more you know, the less you have to freak out it's the panic comes from not knowing uh and not knowing if you're doing the right thing and not knowing if you you know if, if that person's you obviously knows but they're going to make it but do you know what i mean it's 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 the not knowing that i think causes the panic in a lot of people um have i gone yeah no sorry we're there yeah um, i'm here yeah, cool. <laughs> no, it just froze there for a sec. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's that's again where this empowerment comes from. It's it's having that knowledge to be able to um, to know what to do and and you know know what not to do as well. Yeah. So any tips for raising your blood pressure at three a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Stand up and walk around first. <laughs> be hydrated. Yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, I, I I harp on about this a lot, but just breathe, man. You know, um, even if somebody's lost a friggin' leg and is lying there, spraying all over the ground, whatever else, you know, it's not like um, it, it's not like you don't have time. And mm. this is something that you know, I I'm I'm 
Uh, I really enjoy watching people when they are uh, applying skills because you can see, I mean, we work with uh, some outfits and some guys who are, you know, done a fair bit of this stuff, you know, and very, very good at what they do. And it's always just so obvious because they're cool, calm and collected. You know, it's a um, it's a cliche. They're saying, you know, slow, smooth, smooth is fast, but mm. it's a tourism as well. It's, it genuinely is. And you do have time, you know, you have time to slide those gloves on. You have time to cut the trouser leg away. You have time to go through and actually have a look properly. You know, if you've got an entrance and exit, it's not just a case of ripping out a tourniquet and just, you know, freaking freaking out and putting over. Um, you know, some of your stuff, because you've probably got their keys under or one of maybe their left nut or whatever else. And, you know, <laughs> just, you know scream, I've so. saved your leg, but you're sterile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope you had your kids already, bro. That <laughs> is what it is. God, no, believe me, even, even you know, the majority, most of the, most of the tourniquets out there anyway, uh, you know, the, you know, non, non-fraudulent bullshit ones, you know, they hurt enough as it is, man, you know. <laughs> People, people try and fight you when you apply these things, you know, or can, can, you know, especially with other associated injuries, head injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's one of these things that, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to take any motivation there, <laughs> but yeah, time, bro, just take, take your time, big breath, man, relax. If you find yourself fading, you did exactly what you should and it's tap somebody else in. Um, everybody has their limits. Everybody has their thresholds and stuff. No man doesn't. Uh, if they think they don't, then they just haven't met them yet, you know, and, but everybody does. Everybody does. So, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think you did the right thing, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it was classic. It was like, gosh, that, that wasn't the blood. That was that was me. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you spoke there about, like, the, you know, the thousand burpees thing. If you've got a purpose, then you, you do it. Where did, where did the whole vision and then bringing in, writing it down before you get started, Simon? Where did that start from? Um, so that, that kind of actually came in, um, again, um, throwing some mad props out here from, but, um, from Dan, um, Hardy. Yeah. So he came through and he just said to me, he's like, uh, oh, you know, do you, do you know anything about, you know, um, you know, uh, any of this stuff Val- with regards to, you know, and values and vision and, uh, you know, uh, all, all this other stuff like mission and purpose and stuff. And I was like, oh, I thought of it. You know, uh, nobody likes to look silly or anything, uh, but, you know, you, you've got to kind of eat your humble pie when you did. So kind of, you know, had a discussion about it, and he obviously read and sensed that I really didn't have a clue what I was talking about, which is fair, um, and kind of educated me a little bit on the topic uh, in his way. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways you can go about this stuff, but um, he, he kind of spoke about it, uh, which is awesome. Um, and from there, I was kind of fixed and hooked because what it's helped me do is not only drive myself forward, but also when there has been times that I've had to make hard or what people consider hard decisions within business because that, that you know, business is fucking hard, you know, and there is times where you've got to, you know, make tough decisions. Uh, it actually makes things really easy, you know, because it's not an emotive uh, response. And this is something that, you know, I'm pretty good with generally anyway, but it's just not an emotional response. It's It's literally turning around and going, okay, does this person go through, are they setting the market standard? You know, are they in line with uncompromising service and delivery to our customers? And are they, you know, uh, have they got the relentless innovation? You know, uh, which are, you know, which is our three values, our three company values, you know, and obviously I have other personal ones I look at there as well. But um, yeah, that's where it came from was Dan, again, and that's something I'm very, very hot on. And I explain that to the trainers as they're coming on board. Um, and it's something that we live by. Uh, and like I said, Hard decisions or so-called hard decisions are easy. 
you yep. and you reflect on that comes up all the time mm, when any and any time that there's you know do we want to invest in this new product range or not um you know do we want to invest in some you know large companies who contact us and say hey we see what you're doing we want to we want you know you to be our representatives and we sit back and go hmm are they us setting the market standard you know yes or no and it's it again it, it does does it takes that takes that questioning out of it and a lot mm. of the time especially as a two-man management team at the moment, obviously we are, we are expanding, and especially being in partners, um, a lot of company, a lot of companies uh, probably couldn't deal with that inter interrelationship and the just the intertwining of roles between you know partners, business business partners, etc. And it, it always comes back to those values, and it makes it so easy. There's no there's no arguments. I don't think we've ever had a business argument, or even I think we've had like one personal argument, which was stupid. And um, it's it's just it comes back down to making making hard decisions easy by being very clear about what our standards are, and knowing, you know, both having the same understanding of what that is, and and not needing to, you know. A crossover in any yeah, way. Yeah, finding balance, remove the emotion, uh, get on things. We don't have the time to sit there and deliberate, you know, uh, or, or bullshit around with things. You know, it is what it is. Are you set the market standard? Have yes. you got uncompromising service and delivery around this with your innovation? If no, or if yes, then let's proceed. And that's the way it is. So it's one of the reasons our team is small too. Mm. Our team is not small because the need is not there. Uh, yeah, thus, the hundred-hour. I can employ another fifty people tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, we we have a small team because we have extremely high standards. Um, I think what we say uh, we worked at our pass rate twenty-five percent after <laughs> CV screening. So once yeah, once we get people through the original, you know, the regular recruitment phase for our trainers at least. Um, yeah, I think we've only had twenty-five percent come through and, and finish up as trainers and that's uh some people have just turned around and said oh, actually it's too hard for us um you know like as in no as in um you know what we the level that we expect people to be at is too hard and we cool that's fine thanks for being honest uh and then a lot of them thought you know they thought they were probably ready to go and they weren't quite what we were looking for because it's not just about knowing the med it's about being it's about being able to carry a room. It's about presentation skills. It's about all those small things that add up to being making an epic course and making an epic product, and a, making it in the product being our students. <laughs> it's making students uh, engage with and, and feel comfortable to ask questions. And you know, there's this whole myriad of, of things that need to interplay to make our courses the best courses on the market. And so we, uh, yeah, like Simon said, we we could hire way more people if uh, if we had that talent pool out there. And that will always be our biggest challenge um is is regulating that and making sure that our demand and our, our trainers never this we never slip on that consistency and that that value of setting the market standard never so ever slips what, what steph is actually saying is you're getting a friggin rolls royce for a honda price uh, <laughs> it's kind of how it works like i mean not to piss in my own pocket or anything like that but you know uh that's literally how it is you know um our people they're they're our biggest you know biggest asset uh we have amazing people um, the best in the country, um, period. It's not even snow enough for debate. You know, the experiences that they've had and their ability to translate that, uh, you know, uh, and be able to articulate and also go through and teach, you know, whether it be first aid, pre-hospital emergency care or other courses that we're going to be dropping later on this year. Um, there you go, a bit of a spoiler alert there. But, you know, it is, um, it is, it is what it is. You know, there's a lot of people who have got the same background or, you know, much, much, you know, more extensive backgrounds than mine um but they just simply don't have the ability to teach I mean, quite frankly um we just can't have that yeah. you know um we're not going to have that yeah. so yeah or, or they've never done it you know like i could i know these powerpoints back and back and forth i could recite them uh you know without looking at them but mm. i've never done med 
I've never had these experiences where, you know, my actions are going to save a life or not. Um, so just because I can spit out a PowerPoint does not qualify me to be able to teach this, which is unfortunately the standard of many, many, many of our, of our um, competitors. You know, we have we have other competitors, people apply for us and their grand total, What we had one just at the last role we uh, advertised, the grand total background in, in med apart from teaching for this other Don't provider. Don't too specific. No, no, teaching well, for another provider for a couple of years, but the grand total of their experience is that they were a flight attendant. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, how do you, I mean, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess one of the big things, the big difference is, is that when you look at what we're teaching, first aid is a topic which is not actually really understood. Um, and I kind of lightly touched over at the start of when we're going through here tonight, but what it is is the first five minutes, you know, ooh, something's just gone off in front of you. Holy shit, you know, what am I going to do in the next few minutes to go through and get, get, get my shit together and make sure I'm not going to end up the same way as that dude lying over there, whatever else, you know. Uh, point of injury care is a very, very specific um, facet of medicine. Um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I, I could probably count on my hand, on one hand, that is, uh, the amount of people who have legitimate POI experience, you know, with regards to delivery of pre-hospital men in Defence Force, you know. Uh, and and it's every single one of our people do, every single one. You know, it's not just um, it's not just a case of one or two, you know, carrying the rest by writing a PowerPoint and everybody regurgitating their shit. It's literally every one of these people have had to do it at the sharp end. Mm. And, you know, uh, that, that's that's a that's an interesting place to be, you know, uh, to, to find people who are capable, again, of delivering a course, who have been through those kind of testing times, uh, come out the other end and, you know, capable of delivering the course as well as having that SME knowledge or that subject, at least subject uh, matter uh, expertise and knowledge to, to complement it yeah steve how do, how do you sort of uh, transfer it such a brutally honest sport like weightlifting like you've you've you know gone to the highest level and being had to be coachable and all that sort of stuff and take feedback give feedback like transferring that into business like you say being honest with yourself that i can regurgitate this whole course but i'm i'm not the one to deliver it like how have you found that interacting with people, like say, come on board, say, I know all this stuff, and you're like, okay, what's your experience? Oh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, uh, like like we said before, uh, so much of it just comes back to the values for us. It's 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 easy for that. I mean, as far as coming from full-time athlete life, I mean, I think, I honestly think um, athlete life prepared me really well for being a business owner. <laughs> Because you got to know how to fucking work hard. You know, yeah. you need to be able to see something in yourself or in, in our case, in our business that other people might not be able to see. You're always going to have your doubters. You're always going to have your naysayers. You're always going to have your supporters. And the supporters are always there when things are going really well. Um, and this is, you know, it's it's one of the funniest things I've seen, you know, obviously having had a second uh, second com games go through and having, you know, friends go, go across and basically saying they're all going to be here when you're winning. But as soon as the games are over, it just gets quiet. And if you you don't have the resilience to be able to keep batting for yourself in those moments, then you know you're never going to succeed. And and you know I mean I I think there's a lot of the whole um, being happy but or being what is it being satisfied but no, happy but not satisfied that mm. that that comes in as well. Where you know we might set a goal or we we set goals and we achieve them and we're like wow that's cool. But what's next? Mm. Um, I, a lot of that comes from the athlete athlete side as well. And, I mean, it's really interesting because even though Simon and my background are, are you know, worlds apart, um, there's a lot of the crossover in those sort of those personal experiences and values of, again, of like the, the, the having to fight for what you have, having to, 
um, you know, having to pin yourself against the odds um, to be able to get what you want. Like, I mean, we're playing against some absolutely massive companies that are worldwide and, <laughs> you know, they've been around forever. Let's and, go. you know, we've had, we've, we've had a number of experiences where a lot of, you know, some of these, some of these bigger companies have, you know, in, for lack of a better word, almost tried to bully us out. And we both look at it and, and we're just like, wrong people. Like, <laughs> come on then. Like, you, if you're if you're afraid of little old Prakmed coming up through the ranks, that just shows you where you're at. And it's the same in athlete world, right? You're never you're never going to be. There's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone who works harder than you. There's always going to be somebody who does all those things. But if you're going to be a successful athlete, you just need to put your head down and get your own job done. You need to see your vision and execute it. And, um, you know, I, I think that's – there's been a lot of, of really great transfers um, from from athlete life. It's just a lot less sore on the body these days <laughs> than it was back then. So, um, yeah, I think – yeah. No, it's, it's pretty exciting. I, I went and listened to um, Aaron Walsh, who's uh, mental skills for the Chiefs. He's just gone with Scotland and saw Scotland smashed England the other day, which was pretty cool. And he also has New Zealand softball. And it was just like weird, <laughs> weird sitting in a room of business directors. And, and him, I think he reeled off sort of five five things from, from his talk and the, from the sort of athlete mindset sports mm. mental skills perspective. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's sports, that's sports, that's sports, that's sports. That's sports. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, shit, I need be a business owner. <laughs> like mm. yeah and 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 i guess the other brutal honesty i've had this discussion with lee period when it comes to to business like brutal honesty you know what's the objective what are we trying to do are we achieving it no we need to do better and like um we we sort of came up with the the phrase that the out that people try and throw you oh it's not life and death and it's like well actually it, it is it's your income it, like you said it's your family it's right. your well-being and and like <laughs> yeah if you don't, if you don't have that fucking killer instinct, you're not gonna crack it, man. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. no, you know, again, if if people think business is easy, I I haven't, you know, I haven't got money from grants. I don't have money from startup. I've poured literally every single cent that I have and more uh, into this thing, uh, you know, to to make it work and gone without significant significant amounts. You know, it is not. Uh, case of you know start up a business and a year later you're going to be driving the fares and cruising around and you know eating brunch on the friggin mount every single friggin day or anything like that or every week or every month or in fact every six months in some cases it is tough as fuck and if you do not have that killer instinct if you don't have that drive uh to just simply not stop you know and not accept you know that tomorrow it could be all over you know then you aren't going to make it. You just aren't going to make it. And there is luck in there as well. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's been a couple of lucky breaks here and there. And anybody who says that there's not a dash of luck or a little more than a dash, but if there's not, you know, significant luck within business as well, they're full of shit. But mm -hmm. that never will discount the hard work you have to put in those nights where you're only getting no sleep, you know. Just having to fucking go full scene. It's, it's the same. It's the same in sport, though, right? It's not luck. Exactly. You create your own opportunities. Um, you put yourself into positions to have those op those doors open mm -hmm. for you. And, I mean, there's like I said, there's nothing that dis that differentiates. You know, the best athletes in the world. And I mean, I certainly wasn't that, but there's nothing that differentiates those people but some people have more opportunities than others and some people sure there's some that are gifted them and they either take them or they squander them but for mm. the vast majority of people who who make it especially from nothing it's when you have it's when you just yeah you just let go of fear and you just go fuck it all in and that's what we've done i mean that's what i did when i moved over here and over here and sold everything and 
you know, we'd spent a grand total of like three weeks in person together in, in six years or something because we'd it'd been years since we'd actually been together and uh, or been like in the same space, not so together. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, you, you the, the things that you want in life, and again, this is probably, I think this is actually where when, when Simon was talking about earlier about having, um, you know, having the courage to quit his other job and his stable income, which was supporting both of us and me at the time, you know, traveling and all, all sorts was it's the same thing that that I had when I met, took my opportunity to go to the Com Games. It's you have you have to you have to jump into the unknown. If you're not all in, you're not in at all. And um, that's, you know, we said that when when he quit his job, the next day he resigned. And then we started, we went all in on PracMed. And it's the same thing when I moved here. It's the same thing when I made the Com Games. Like it's only when you go all in that you get what you fucking want. Because, mm. and if you don't get what you want, you weren't supposed to have it anyway. And at least you know that that wasn't, yeah. that was where you were at. And so. I, I think that's a really important thing. I mean, uh, you know, just put it in perspective, there's been nights where I've slept in my vehicle, you know, uh, working away, doing other jobs, you know, because we didn't have accommodation and stuff like that. Uh, wh whatever it may mean, it doesn't doesn't matter, you know. Uh, to me, it was nothing, you know. Um, I've slept in way worse places. I'm not getting fucking shot at, you know. Yeah. Thank God, you know. Well, maybe South Auckland, I don't know, but <laughs> I didn't hear it. At least I took my hearing aids out, and just pretend it's not there. But um, <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it is. It is what it is. But you know, she, she's exactly right. And I think there's a lot of elements from both her backgrounds, which are so interchangeable, you know, and both such, you know, quite strong personalities, extremely strong personalities. I guess that, you know, you need that as well, you know. Um, you know, again, just that refusal to be bullied and refusal to stop. You know, just um, it is it is what it is. So, yeah, no, it's 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 been a freaking journey, man. But you know, we're I think the other thing about this as well, uh, to be frank, Ryan, is that she compliments me or the business rather. She compliments the business in a lot of areas that I'm just simply no good at. You know, just just simply no good at. And, and you vice know, versa. You know, well, I, you know, I the, do what he does the, the product as such. You know, do, so. you've got to be able to teach a product, and I think that's. Probably where a lot of people go wrong as well as they go through and they're like, oh, I'm going to start a business. You know, I've, you know, I've been the same. I've always been interested in business, but you know, I've had some pretty far out ideas. You know, I was like, oh no, one's we're going to start a trailer hire company. You know, how hard can that be? I don't know fucking anything about trailers. You know, I don't even know where that came from. You know, <laughs> scheming. You know, it was either that or rob a bank, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, uh, the the the, the friggin', um yeah, the, the craziness. But no, it's um, it's it's know your topic. Like, know what you're talking about have a point of difference you know and you know and again as, as long as you don't suck and you're just absolutely persistent and go hard and just have that killer instinct man you know you don't don't expect things to come quick but they'll come they'll definitely come yeah i'm wearing the old warfighter t-shirt which old jordan fits and you brought up dan arty um exactly right like they're not overnight successes and, and that's the cool thing about social media you see these guys continuing to work and continuing to put out stuff and and hope that they meet the market and and um yeah like adam jackson that i started off with as well you know he's entering that space of um post uh, post service life what what do you think is there for new zealand in terms of, of veterans and, and being in business is it something that's going to take off or are we still so far behind what's happening in the states um yeah so uh i mean it's a it's a it's an interesting place to be uh business is just one facet i guess um personally i, I you know there's two parts that part of me is like oh yeah it'd be cool if there were some initiatives to help veterans start up businesses and there's part of me which is like no nobody owes you shit you know you're you're a fucking volunteer you know you went in and let's be honest like the majority of us had a pretty good time 
uh, whilst in service. Very few people saw any kind of active combat whilst in defence. Um, you know, those of those those of us who were lucky enough to deploy, all the rest of it. Yeah, the, the ones who deployed doesn't really matter where you went. You know, there was some you know horrible things which you know people had to witness and went through. You know, I think a lot of the kind of problems are around that kind of mental injury, not um, you know, or the moral injury rather, not uh, your post traumatic stress disorder, which you know is is being highlighted a lot through uh, obviously happenings in the states and stuff like that. But when it when it comes to the business side of the house, um, I think that. You know, uh, there, there there is definitely those strong personalities and those those personality traits which really do help people. You know, when you have the other aspects uh, kind of fill in and fit in. You know, um, I know a lot of uh, outfits. You know, it's not just warfighter. You know, I know Fitzy personally as well. Uh, I've known him. You know, uh, from from um, battalion where I served in as well. Uh, Adam, I never worked with uh, in, um, in in defence or anything like that. Obviously, Dan, I know there's there's a lot of guys out there who, you know, are just absolutely going full send on it. And that's just to name a few. You know, you've got you've got you've got a lot. Say tactical, you know. Mm. Um, Carl's, Carl's been you know sewing together all sorts of shit since you know <laughs> since I've known the dude. I've known him close to twenty years. You know, it is oh, twenty years. You know, so you know his his business is just going from strength to strength, and he's a he's a legit success story, man, and just absolutely crushing it. You know, just so so good, so good. You know, I, I, it's it's a it's a kind of I don't know. It's a it's a funny one, man. I I just I feel a little bit awkward about the whole veteran status thing, um, especially you know, with what uh, Vietnam veterans went through, you know, and you know what Borneo, Malaya, uh, and you know, of course the the World War veterans went through as well. We've listened to my you know, my family stories. When they're still alive, you know uh, about that, and it just I don't know. It just it, it, it makes me feel very, very uncomfortable. Um, you know, sitting there and going, you know, don't get me wrong. I acknowledge, you know, my service and stuff like that, and but it's just I don't know. I just I, I don't know whether you know it really qualifies for you know being given some sort of extra help or a handout or whatever else. You know, if it, look, don't get me wrong. You know, um, you know, personal stuff. If you've got busted ears like me, sure, hearing aids, man, make it fucking happen. If somebody's got a busted hip or a busted knee, make it happen. But to go through and, you know, start giving out business grants or something, I, I don't know, maybe that's not where you're going with it. But, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether it's been the Waitangi stuff or what, but I've been thinking about, like, ballot farms and, like, um, and then you were sort of saying even, like, the last 10 years when it comes to trauma response, my great-grandfather was a stretcher bearer as a dental technician, and you kind of think, like, you know, what sort of qualifications did they have and, what ha- what happened after it? He just came back and carried on being a dental technician. And I watched watched yeah. Am- Amsterdam. Have you seen that film? That starts off with with sort of you know a medic nurse in the middle of middle of France just pulling pieces of shrapnel out of people, and then it's kind of like go back to US and carry on. Yeah, I I, I, I guess you know I hate to make comparisons and stuff like that, um, but. And, and everybody's predicament is relative. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, I, I don't feel, you know, and I don't actively chase or, or go after anything like that because, you know, I chose everything. I chose it from the start. And I think it's one of the, probably the big problems with society these days. And, you know, this is a bit of a, bit of a segue, but, you know, I think it's one of the big problems with society these days. Everybody feels like they're fucking entitled to something. Mm. No, you're not entitled to shit. How about a little bit of personal accountability? Mm. You know, how about you know, going through, standing up on your own feet and doing, you know, the right thing, you know, the right thing, instead of looking for an easy way out, instead of looking for a fucking handout, you know, get up and do it yourself. You know, when when did we become that soft? 
or when would when when did we become that freaking compromised emotionally physically spiritually as a people uh that we require you know you know a, a, a pat on the bum every five seconds if we make a mistake it's all good no man this is life and death bro this is just straight up how it is <laughs> it's just yeah so I, I i i um yeah i mean if i was to have to answer the question right now whether yes or no no i don't, I don't think anybody's owed anything mm-hmm. you know when it comes to the, the business front um harvest those good qualities mm-hmm. everybody has them um you know just even showing up not looking like shit in the morning you know um even even just going through uh, I mean, that little eye for detail. These are things that you did, you know, especially, you know, people like me, you know, uh, knuckle dragger, rifleman number seven, whatever you are within the organizational battalion, doesn't really matter. Bro, all those tiny little things are transferable. Yeah. You know, your ability to go through and communicate, your ability to go through and present, your ability to actually show up on time, not pissed, you know, um, which, you know, for about the first three years was probably arguable, but, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, it's 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 about harvesting those good qualities. Instead of looking for a reason to fail, look for a reason to win. And I think that starts with, you know, how do you translate those things? If, if I was to give any advice to any of the young dudes who are looking getting out or anything like that, that's what it would be. Yeah, I think, you know, from obviously I'm the I'm the admin side of, of the business. Working with veterans, I don't think they, a lot of them even realise how like some said these small things that are literally nothing to them because it's just how you are i don't feel like they always understand how actually rare some of these qualities are in today's society mm-hmm. just the qualities that you want as a you know for us as as employers um you know the the veterans you can tell the difference i can tell the difference in a resume or, or like the responsiveness in me asking somebody for something it is like you get you ask for something you get the most the speediest most succinct reply that has every piece of information you want and nothing else that you don't want and i'm like hell yes this is the kind of people i want in in our business like they there's just like sam said there's a million small detail qualities that uh that veterans have that a lot of the rest of society don't and so it's um i'll just jump on the ex-service people (laughs) veterans is a bit of a contentious topic here in nz um but you know there's a lot of really really good really really good guys and girls out there who are you know uh, unfortunately didn't get the opportunity to deploy and stuff like that and i'm just going to jump back real quick here ryan i actually think that the responsibility for that should actually come back to defense um you know to actually empower their people you know, if you do 15, maybe it's 12 and a half years, I don't know, but 15 years when I left, you're entitled to like a resettlement, I don't know, leave and some other bits and pieces and you got like a two day, uh, don't quote me on this, but it was like, you know, the small kind of training package of how to basically behave as civilian. Now, that doesn't translate because when you look at it from a uh, inverse perspective, you know, when you go through pre-screening to get into the military, make sure you're you know, mentally sound for the most part um, and, you know, you're physically sound and all the rest of it. And then you go through your basic training and that's where they just literally break you, you know, go through and they're like, okay, here we go. We're going to go through three months. You're going to get spoken to, you know, most, most people have a fair idea of what you're going to go through. So it's not really that bad. Then you've got your second three months generally, which is where you start to learn things, you know, and where you, if you're, you know, teeth arms school, you desensitize the process of killing people, uh, for example. And then you do your career and these highs and lows, and then at the end they're like, "Oh yeah, cool. Um, thanks for you know X amount of years, and um, good luck." Unless you've done fifteen years, and then you get you get two days or three days, and that just doesn't that just doesn't balance out. And the, the world revolves around balance, you know. <laughs> it's, well, life revolves around balance. If you if you don't if you don't go through and provide the an, uh, antidote 
then the poison's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, then that person's going to be behaving the way they are. You know, when they get out, and I think that's probably the biggest problem is is, is literally the lack of responsibility from an employment status uh, or employee status is not going through and helping people go through and harvest those really good qualities. Um, yeah, when they get out. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go back a little bit. It's not about an individual responsibility. I think it's more of a organizational responsibility to go through and help help people out. You know, find you know what they're good at and find those those little niches that make them better in general you know awesome so where do people find you guys um you you are looking for people or <laughs> yeah so um we're always open to a cv uh, no matter what um some of the best talent we've had for us from some fairly uh, abstract methods of communication um easiest place to find us is uh, probably just head through the website www.pragmednz.com um alternatively we are contactable via social media um so people can go through we're on the linkedin we're on the facebook the instagram uh, we've got a youtube channel with around about 107 followers slow down high speed um <laughs> but yeah we, we, we try and put out a little bit on there as well um but yeah definitely the website so just pragmednz dot com uh and yeah you'll, you'll find it's pretty easy nice and they just have it were you down in wanaka yeah we just yeah. were actually yeah we just were yeah that was pretty cool to see on your instagram you guys dealing with vanator kadrona um, safaris what, what was that like we started off talking about how you know you probably deserved your place at the seeker show and, and it was sort of uh oxymoron to find that they everyone found mm. it quite strange <laughs> yeah yeah definitely everybody thinks about putting holes in things they don't think about it when it comes back around uh, i think it was a it was it was a really really good course uh it was an awakening um you know and understanding that you can actually do more um so you know i mean when, when you're taking people out as, as a company you have a responsibility uh for those people you know uh that's 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 literally how it is from a legislative uh, perspective you know um there's, there's no arguing there's no there's no kind of you know oh we've got an exemption it's bullshit you know whs act exists and is there for a reason is to protect people from cowboys which venus are certainly uh venator sorry uh certainly aren't um I've, i found them really um interesting to work with uh they're, they're a great client um you know uh as the days went on because we ran them a really really cool uh four day plus package uh down there um from day one uh i was like holy shit okay this is where we're at uh through to day four i was like damn these boys are good to go you know doing some fairly high speed stuff you want to talk about kit equipment they're ripping through you know full-size med packs going through and, and getting things done and, and and i'm not talking uh you know shit flying everywhere but like you see you know some outfits do you know i'm talking about the right piece of equipment being removed from the right place and being applied in the right uh, circumstances mm-hmm. not just a friggin you know confetti of various mid gears going out the back so yeah it was it was very very cool Um, i think i mean for for me i always enjoy working with clients who get it if you know what i mean um because there are so many who are like oh but you know we can just we can just run a so-and-so course and again they think that that piece of paper equals competence or you know and when we were speaking to these guys and and you know in the whole you know months leading up to to this course it was they understand that they've got a duty of care and that they understand that they actually need to do better by their clients. And that's where we come in is to make them better. So that way, if the worst was to happen, 
they got their shit was one of Simon's favorite sayings, they're shit in one sock and um they're good to go because like you said at the at the beginning, you know, it was a bit of oh god, like don't know what to do. And then you talk to these guys who've, you know, come through these you know, five days of training and at the end they're like, you know, day one we realized we needed to learn some stuff. And that's cool when you get people who um, you know, aren't too proud to say I didn't know as enough or, you know, I thought I knew more or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it was really cool. I mean, Wanaka's a bloody beautiful place too. So that that was a, you know, wasn't exactly the world's toughest location to throw to throw a course together. But um way worse places. Yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty good. So um yeah, it was wicked, wicked working with them and it's you know, it's just the start of, you know, this whole pre hospital emergency care um train that we're about to start mm. pushing through and, and just again raising raising the bar in that that um realm as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think Steph just nailed it um, just now. I mean, we're first aid, you know, every every single person on the planet's done first aid. You had to do first aid last night, you know, daughter's bleeding nose and stuff like that. Ninety-nine <laughs> 99% of the time, it is literally exactly that. It is pinch the bridge, you know, just under the bridge and leaning forward. And, you know, after, you know, five five minutes, it should kind of have ceased and, you know, your, your clotting factors should have kicked in by then. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of these things, bro, that it's not about those times because do as your mum does in all those 99 percentile times you know go through and you know if it, if it friggin if it's a bit sore or whatever check it out you know go for a walk you know figure things out you know i know rub some butter on it don't do that but, you know, <laughs> um but what we're doing here man is we're preparing you for your worst day you know and if you don't think it's going to happen or if you don't think it can happen rather then that is ridiculous. The average person will experience one, this is the average person, not somebody who's in the military or anything like that, will experience 1.4 critical incidents during their life, mm-hmm. 1.4. So when we look at that, at some point in your life, you are guaranteed to experience some really heavy shit. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And you are either going to have your shit in one sock or you are not. <laughs> and there's two types of, there's two types of clients that we have. And as the people who are either very proactive about this stuff or the people who are mourning, it's really quite that simple. And whether mourning is uh, over the fact that they've got a big fine from WorkSafe or, you know, whether they've gone through and lost somebody, um, you know, within their organization doesn't really matter. But that's 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 where it is. They're either proactive and they can kind of see what's happening or they are mourning. Simple. It's a pretty interesting place selling a product that we hope people never use, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, it, it's it's such a strange thing because we are literally selling you a parachute and we hope you never, ever, ever have to use it. And it sucks when we hear that people do, but it's really cool that we know that the parachute works. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I sure as shit would rather jump out of a plane with a parachute, you know, the plane being life. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would rather personally, you know, know, know more and be in a position to act rather than just hope that other people around me do because we know that most of the time that's not the case. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange and wonderful product to sell, but we absolutely love it. And we love, yeah, we love working with clients who, who get it and especially the proactive ones. <laughs> that's always a, a really good space to be working in when we're not having to, you know, deal with, you know, the ifs, ifs and if I knew more and if I, this, this something could have been better if I knew more. It's, it sucks to hear that. Uh, especially when you know we've spoken to their clients in the in the past and they said oh no we've just we'll, we'll just go with the same old and we're like okay cool we'll, we'll be around and six months later there we are hey lead horse to water man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you guys have uh, given us so many little gems throughout it uh, do you both individually have anything that keeps you in flow like um keeps you things going well or, or when things are going well this sort of idea seems to show up like a, a mantra or a way you live your life or a quote or anything like that 
Um, uh, my my values are good to go, and honestly, some of our best planning sessions are happening in the car, right? Like driving, um, you know, driving, and I, I just don't think you can hold down two active minds, you know, um, two people who are relentlessly aggressive uh, towards, you know, life. Oh yeah, <laughs> just just just, just in general, you know. Um, I, I I guess you know, I mean, I've I've got you know my my kind of personal reasons for doing this, you know, uh, and stuff like that. But honestly, it's um yeah, it's just just yeah, just disgust at the the state of affairs out there, you know. And again, if you're if you're not happy with something, then either shut up or do something about it, man. You know, don't sit there and, and talk shit, you know, and whinge and bitch. Yeah. Do something, man. You know, let's yeah. go, let's do something. So th- here we are, yeah. you know, that's what we're doing. Um, I think I think we're both. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say I think we're both just like like you sort of touched on earlier, Ryan. We're both very honest with ourselves and who we are, and and. Um, you know, the values thing is huge. I, I mm. you know, spent a lot of time doing values and in a lot of the paid, like personal development work I did, you know, years before I even decided to take the plunge into, hey, I actually want to be an athlete, you know, and not then take this shit a little bit more seriously. And when you know your values, you know who you are, you know, you can read your partner's values, even though they shift around as you get older and, you know, life changes, mm. you have, you know, things, your, your values shift in some respects, but for us because we are both um we're both really in, in line with our own values i know his i don't try and push mine onto him he doesn't try and push his onto my, me we're both allowed to completely be ourselves in our business it's something that we're both hugely passionate about probably for slightly different reasons but the end goal is you know is the same which is improving the outcomes for us it's just we both just love it and we love we love working together like you said before we complement each other really well so we um you know everyone everyone's like oh where do you carve out the time for you guys and it's like we carve out the time for us and we talk about our business it's fucking awesome um, you know <laughs> we're not talking about our kid we're talking about our business or the rugby like they're our three kind of <laughs> go-tos you know and um you know it's not something that it, it's a job it's something that we both you know obviously there's there's tedious parts of it of course but mm. uh, it's just something that we both love to do so it's easy to just stay in line and stay in tune and it's also just so exciting watching it grow and, and watching the progress it's it's not like we're just a duck paddling in water we're, we're making serious waves and it's fucking cool to be a part of that and it's um yeah it's just you know the more you grow the more you want to grow it's again just keep yeah it's awesome yeah i i don't have um i don't have anything else to add it's uh it's not like i wake up and you know have some something written on my wall or you know live laugh love for whatever it is <laughs> you, have, you have fuck mediocrity written so that, that's uh but that's yeah. that's from my old uh that's the old weightlifting days and in mm. athlete life is just, just fuck mediocrity like we're not here to be we're not here to be mediocre we can do better and everyone can so i think um yeah, of, yeah i think that there's, there's many things uh the the big driver is you know to do better but man if, if you need if you need a reason you know open the newspaper and you know we we get drowned in in uh you know a lot of the macabre and a lot of the violence and stuff especially globally which is happening uh you know ukraine being one of the places but afghanistan iraq you know africa all the rest of it's been happening for a long time um you know and people almost desensitized to that you know um but for me i've, I've got you know man you know so many reasons and by so many what i'm talking about here is you know buddies who are you know gone um some of them you know i look at their families growing still you know with them you know outside and stuff like that you know and man before before i had kids before i settled down you know steph and stuff like that you know uh i, I would have given places with any of them um but this is this is this is um this is something um 
that for me is is I guess deeply personal in that sense and just just going fucking hard for the bros who don't get the chance you know uh it's as simple as that you know um yeah i mean that's that's that's, that's probably one of my big drivers it's um I, I don't need that um i don't need that written on the wall you know that's that's my reality that's what i wake up with every day uh and also the feeling of of, of failure as well you know which i've gone through i've experienced that uh i know what that feels like you know and uh, and that's in a medical context, you know, having to revisit that is, um, it's a horrible place. I don't want anybody to feel like that, you know, nobody, if I can help it, they will, you know, can't get everybody, but you know, it's, um, that's, that's my drivers anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. You two. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I am energized. Um, <laughs> you know. um, I hope everybody that listens to this comes and checks you guys out, uh, whether they just have a look at the website and, and have that moment of overwhelm and go, I should probably do something about this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are absolutely flat out and, and uh, you're forced to <laughs> find yeah. that they another quarter of the people that apply that uh, fit yeah. the bill because, um, well, what, you, what you've just said in the last, Jesus, nearly hour and a half um, mm. has been incredible and, and um, well done and, and so stoked to have met you guys um, and, Simon, to talk to you now as well. Uh, it's it's uh, it's bloody bloody awesome. Thanks so much. Mate. I'll uh, I'll uh, stop on the recording. <laughs> All good, bro. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Um, you know, and and I, I don't expect anybody to come through. You know, uh, when they're ready, they're ready. Um, but thank you for you know getting the message further out there. And no matter what it is, man, doesn't matter where you are. Uh, doesn't matter what you're doing or anything like that. Just keep learning uh, and have that thirst for knowledge. I think that's the main thing. Um, whatever you are learning, though, make sure it's evidence-based. Um, <laughs> don't just listen to some fucking dickhead telling you stories, you know, about tampons and gunshot wounds. You know, that's, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. We, we have a lot of that good info on the socials. But again, Ryan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.